Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The opinions represented during this show may not necessarily represent those of KRMG or Cox Media Group. Your host is Dan Witham, a financial advisor with offices at 8516 East 101st Street, Suite C in Tulsa. His office phone number is 918-398-8387. Dan is a branch manager with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Now here's Money Talk on News 1023 and AM 740 KRMG. And good Sunday morning, everybody. My name is Russell Mills. And- And you found it. Money Talk, live and local in the big city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. In the studio with me today, Mr. Dan Witham and Mr. Steve Money. Remember, if you've got questions for the guys today, you can text us at 95920-95920 to text your questions. And every week, Dan gives away books. And what is the book this week, sir? Well, thank you. We have two, or not two books. We have a book to give away. We also have two reports that we'll send out to people this week or two questionnaires for them to fill out. The book is called The Little Book of Stock Market Profits, The Best Strategies of All Time Made Even Better. It is a timely guide to making the best, two actually the best investment strategies ever. The book identifies stock market strategies that work, those that don't, and what it takes for an individual investor to truly succeed in today's market. It discusses the performance of each strategy examined and how they can be improved by combining them into a multi-factor approach, which I like because I like multiple strategies together. As a matter of fact, that's why I run portfolios with multiple strategies. I do like that approach, multiple variables and things like that. You have to account for a lot of different things. This is a great book, and we've given away before. We've had a lot of calls for it uh, over the years. It's called The Little Book of Stock Market Profits. You can get a free copy of it, and we'll send you two different things if you want them along with this. One is a report that compares your portfolio's history to our model portfolio side-by-side like target volatility, our momentum strategy, which we'll talk about a little bit today on the show, and tactical asset allocation. And it'll show you how you actually hold actual holdings did year by year versus our uh, portfolio, our models, if you will, going all the way back to 2008, which is a key year for most people to look at because we had a little hiccup that year. So what you're saying is, if I understand, is somebody has a portfolio with you and we talk about a lot of different kind of strategies and we've talked about them over the years so are you saying that they can actually get a report that says under these various strategies this is what your money would have done yes i mean that's how cool does that get exactly and it compares you to compares it to what you have and what you really want to look at what i would look at if i were the listener is i'd look at the the maximum downside look at not the best scenario but the worst scenario go back and look at 2008 2011 the market took a hit a little bit in 2015 it took a little bit of a hit also look at those years and when i look at investment strategy those are the first things i look at is 2008 how did it do because i want to know if it lost money and if it did how much and that's the key thing is that's what's your downside risk is what you want to yep. know. People don't get upset when their portfolio goes up 20%. It's usually when it goes down, <laughs> you know, 20 that it gets Imagine their attention. That. Yeah. And that's the way we all are. That's the way we're wired. But anyhow, we'll send you that report for free. It's a one-page questionnaire you fill out. And all you do basically is tell us what your holdings are in the percentage of your portfolio. If you have XYZ stock and it's 5%. Just tell us that. If it's ABC Mutual Fund and it's 10%, just tell us what it is, the name of it, and we'll put it in. Then the second report is if people want it, I figured we would do for them. We haven't done this for a long time. We'll do a free financial plan for them. I've got a software that can spit out about an 80 to 150-page financial plan that really helps to map 
where you're going more than more than picking investments it's more important i think to know what you need to save where you're going to be at the end of the years and how much you'll get from social security which is incorporated into this report also as well as your pension your 401ks all those things and your savings real estate whatever it might be and just give you an overall map of what the big picture is and where you're going and that's the main thing that's more important than investment decisions i think than individual decisions it's a decision how much you save and what your lifestyle is whether you save more than you or, you know, spend less than you earn or spend more than you earn. Well, it so kind of doesn't matter where you've been because you've been there. Yes. So now where are we going? And that's in the past. You're right. That's absolutely right. right. And so this is the thing for people. They need to have a plan and have some kind of overall map for where they're going. And we have software that you can go in and actually fill out all the stuff online and it'll update for you every day. Wow. It'll update your holdings and your your valuations. Pulls them from like Yahoo Finance, let's say, you know, the prices and stuff. And pulls all the prices and it tells you where you're at so you can track your progress. Every month as you add money to your account, it shows it automatically on there. And it tracks your progress towards your goals. Tells you if you're ahead of your goal or behind your goal where you need to be at or if you need to make adjustments, things like that. Because a lot of times we do need to make adjustments, obviously, for whatever reasons. Anyhow, it's all free. If you want the book and the reports, uh, just give me a call. 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. And just leave us your name and your address when you get a voicemail. Of course, it's the weekend, so you're going to get a voicemail. Leave us your name and address. We'll send that information out to you and get you started on the uh, portfolio review and the for the reporting planning, financial planning software. Excuse me. Yep. And it's all free, like I said. And I really like the financial planning software. It's pretty neat and can do a lot of things. It's a very powerful software. It takes into account just about any type of asset you might have. And do you want to give them the text number, Russell, before I forget? Sure. If you'd like to text your questions in today, you can text us at 95920. I'll say it again, 95920. Okay. Thank you. And if you have questions about financial planning or about the report or the book or anything, I'll, I'll be happy to answer them today or about the market and what the market's been doing. We've seen a little bit of volatility this week. A little bit. Yes. And we had a great funeral this past week for a great man, by the way. Billy, Billy, Graham, Billy Graham's right, funeral right. was the other way. And Mr. Trump, I see, and Mr. Pence both went to it. I was glad to see that. Very glad to see that. That That's a good thing. Okay. And they didn't catch on fire. Or at least one of them didn't. <laughs> not I'm sure. Not, so far as we I'm know. Not, so, yeah. I'm not sure what that's a reference to. I missed that. <laughs> so. Well, a lot of people would like one of them to catch on oh, fire. You know? I'm okay. surprised he didn't. Okay. Anyhow, uh, it's, I was glad to see them go, and I'm surprised that they can both attend for security purposes. They can both be seen in the same place at the same time, but I guess they, they weren't afraid to go there. So they obviously both went, and it's a good thing. I think it's good to show their respect for Billy Graham, who truly was a great man indeed and uh, very well known around the world, obviously. All right, Stephen, I'm going to take you back to the 1960s. Were you born yet? In 62. Right. I was born in 62, right. so two years in I was, I was born. Right. So. Kennedy was assassinated when I was one and a half years old. You know, it's like that old thing. If you can remember the 60s, you weren't there. Or That's right. Like that. so, <laughs> I can remember the latter part of it because so, yeah. I was only seven or seven or eight years old so the, at the end of it. So there was a PSA back then, public service announcement, that said, I'm sure you probably remember this, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your do children you know where are? Children are? Yeah, do you know where your children are? And this was because people wanted to curb crime and wanted to be, have better parenting, keep their kids at home. And things like that. And this was a very popular PSA that ran for years, as I recall. And, uh, you know, I still remember the phrase. You know, what's interesting is you said 11 o'clock because you were in the Eastern time zone. Yes. It was 10 o'clock out here. It's That's 10 correct. Do you know where your children are? That's correct. Because I Googled the phrase and under Wikipedia, it said it ran at different times in different parts of the country. 
And basically, I think it coincided with the news because the news yeah, was right. 11, where I grew up, it was at 11 o'clock. That's right. That was the intro to the news. And then yeah. they would go right into it. That's right. And so out here, the news is on at 10. So when I moved to Oklahoma, I kind of like that because I don't have to stay up so late to see the news. Yep. I can go to bed a little bit earlier. Interesting I, way to tease the newscast. Yeah. If you don't know, well, you may yeah. see him here in just a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stand Here's by. Ted with the news. Watch for the clip. Yeah, yeah you can oh, a video of your kid, uh, you know, robbing Turning the Turning over store. cars yeah. and yeah. doing yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, the reason I say this, the reason I bring this to mind is, to bring this to your attention is, the market was down, had some rather radical days last week where it dropped a little bit. It got our attention a couple times. When the market's down three, 400 points, do you know where your portfolio is? Who is watching your portfolio for you? Is your advisor watching your portfolio? Because I can tell you that most advisors are not. Most advisors, if they have 500 clients, they have 500 different portfolios. And it's hard to watch 500 different And that kind of just throwing stuff up against the wall and well, kind of see what sticks? The problem is... With a lot of advisors, if you go in to see them on Monday and the wholesaler from ABC Fund came to see them on Friday, guess what fund you're going to get? Yeah. You're going to get ABC Fund. If you go to see them two months later and the wholesaler for Guggenheim came to see them the week yeah. before, guess what fund you're going to get? The Guggenheim Fund. So three yeah. years later, do you think he remembers what he put in your account? No, no, no. He doesn't have a clue what he put in your account three years ago because he can't remember. You just can't remember all these things. And so when the market goes south... It's very hard for the advisor to know what they need to do for whom and when they need to do it. If they don't have a plan or a strategy like a model portfolio like we do, they don't know what to do because they don't have models. It's very yeah, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> they just make it, talk about making it up as you go. That's yeah. why I like that report you talked about earlier. I mean, I'm really kind of right. fascinated by that because we do talk about all these things. And I think a person is going to go, well, how do I know which one's best for me? Well, maybe we don't know the one best for you going forward, but we know what would have happened in the past based on that. Now you can make a, a better decision about uh, your future. Absolutely. And the nice thing that I have, what gives me peace and calm when the market does what it did at the beginning of February, you know, or beginning of, yeah, February, we had a bit of a turmoil in the market, shall we say, volatility in the market. I know what to do with my models, and I know exactly what I have to watch, which is my models. I only have yeah. to watch my models because that's where all the assets are, is in the models. So I can watch the models very carefully. Whereas if I had 500 different portfolios, I'd be pulling my hair out. You can't out. do that. Uh, I'd yeah. be, I wouldn't know what to do because you can't watch 500 different things at the same time. And you don't know who to call first. And you have 50 people that you've got to call and do something well, with. 500 different things, all with moving parts. At the same time. Yeah. No less. And it can get a little chaotic when things start moving. Because as we know, the market always moves faster to the downside than it does to the upside. You know, we take, as Jim Stovall once said, we take the escalator up, but it takes the elevator yep, down. Yep, yep. And uh, it, it certainly did that at the beginning of February. We found out it, it did exactly that. And so we always have to try to keep an eye on what we're doing. I look at my portfolios every single day. I look at every model that I have every single day, multiple times a day. I have a screen on my computer that's constantly up when the market is open. And I look at it, it has all the models on it, and I can see exactly what they're doing throughout the day. And I pay very, very close attention to what's going on. And I had somebody ask me once, I can't remember who it was, asked me if I knew of XYZ fund. It was a certain mutual fund that I had in my portfolios. Yeah. And I said, are you kidding? I have $10 million in that fund. You think I don't know what it does? Yeah. I watch it every minute of the day. I, I know what it's doing. I just, I, I have to keep an eye on these things. And, you know, and when you have that kind of position, size in one position, you want to pay attention to what it's doing. You're going to keep an eye on it, of course. And I do keep it a close eye on my portfolios. But the main thing is, I follow my models and I do what my discipline says. If it says trade once a month, I trade it once a month. If it says wait till the end of the quarter, I wait till the end of the quarter. 
no matter what the market's doing. Because that's, right. that's the whole idea of having a plan, right? Absolutely. All right. If you'd like a free copy of today's book and maybe those reports customized for your personal financial well-being, well, then you need to give Dan's office a call, 918-398-8387. The Little Book of Stock Market Profits and both of those reports, yours absolutely free. The number again, 918-398-8387. You're listening to Money Talk on News 1023 and AM 740, KRMG. Welcome back to Money Talk here on News 1023 AM 740 KRMG. Coming up here in just under nine minutes, your top stories in the KRMG 24-hour Fox News Center and your forecast from Fox 23. Could see a few raindrops this afternoon and this evening. Stay tuned. Coming up next hour, Fox News Sunday. Meanwhile, if you've got questions for Dan or Steve, you can text us at 95920. For instance... You may have a question about the book that Dan's given away this week. That's right. It's a great book. The Little Book of Stock Market Profits. The best strategies of all time made even better. You can get a free copy of this book and our report to compare your portfolio to the model portfolios we run to see how it would have done compared to our model portfolios, along with your own free financial plan if you want it. It's all free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail we'll send that to you for free no cost no obligation whatsoever no salesman will call oh we were talking before the break about do you know where your portfolio is right right and who's watching it do you know where it's 11 o'clock do you know where your kids are it's 10 o'clock here do you know where your kids are i should say central time okay most of the people that listen to our show steve are not financial advisors that's right. Although I know That's why are, they're listening. All I know, there, do, I know yeah. there are some that do listen because they've called me for books. And things. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, most people like are a salesperson or a physical therapist or a, an attorney or whatever. They do something else for a living, right? Or they work That's in right. radio or do something else for a living, whatever it might be. But it's not investing. That's what I'm trying to say. In 1963, I'm going to take you back to the 60s again. 1963, something happened besides Kennedy being assassinated. Greyhound developed one of the most memorable taglines of all time. You can probably remember it. I do. Go Greyhound and leave the driving to us. Right. And I, I pulled it up on YouTube. There's actually a YouTube video of them playing the record with that song on it when they because that's how they recorded things back then and distributed them was on records. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. But it was a great uh, tagline, very successful advertising campaign, which many people still remember that tagline today. I do, of course, and I remember it well. And what I'm trying to say is if you do something else for a living – a lot of people do this and they're out there watching their portfolios every day, spending a lot of time, burning a lot of their time watching their portfolio and trying to monitor it and trade it. And, you know, when, if you hire somebody like us or one of our competitors, depending on who it is, they, you pay them to do that. Let them do that. Let them worry about it. Don't worry about it so much and don't look at it so much. And unfortunately, now we have the Internet and iPhones that make I, it very easy to yeah, do. Yeah, right, right, right. To look at it and to freak out about it. and Make it hard not to. Almost. Yeah. No, that's right. And they do. And unfortunately, I almost wish that wasn't the case. You know, I have... I have still have a few clients, believe it or not, that don't even have cell phones and don't do email. And do people laugh at them? No, I don't laugh I at don't them. Know. Most of them are my older clients, but they don't. We don't laugh at them. But you know, they're the ones that just do what we tell them to do, and they probably get the best results. As a matter of fact, because they just follow the plan and they don't know any better. They don't know how to argue with you about I'll, it. I'll tell you why. There's probably not an industry that doesn't have that problem. 
and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm thinking of doctors and lawyers. I mean, soon I've had people come in. Well, Google said, I said, well, yeah, was Google going to court for you? You know, I mean, get, get Mr. Google to go to court for you. Right. That's not how it works in real life, pal. Man, that's right. And I know doctors have that same problem, man. It's like, come on, stay off the Google law, will you? <laughs> my doctor probably hates me. Oh, so. man. No, I don't, I don't Google stuff and tell my doctor that's how he should do it. I'm but. not kidding you. I mean, it, it gets a little ridiculous sometimes. And, and I'll be honest, I, I, I'm not going to say I don't represent them. But I got to think about it. I mean, if it's just trying to be helpful, that's one thing. But they want to tell me how to do it. I don't know how many times that piece of paper in your hand went to court with you. but Right. Well, I can tell you as a peace officer, how often I show up on scene and they, they quote Oh, they want to quote the Fourth yeah, Amendment yeah, to Yeah, from you. Google. So you, or, yeah, you know there the is no Fourth Amendment, Amendment anymore, yeah. right? I mean, or, I get the, or I get the sovereign citizens that oh, tell the sovereign me that, citizen, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't belong to your country. I'm not a citizen of this country. Yeah. And your laws are not applicable to me. Oh, yeah. That oh, was... Yeah. Uh, was, and that works every time, doesn't it? Yeah. If yeah. you just say that to me, on the way to jail, I'm going to let you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember uh, the guys, the Michigan militia, and um, well, the, all the, those the, people the, that were involved with McVeigh yeah, uh, up yeah. in Michigan. Well, the, what was his uh, name? Uh, Terry um, uh, Nichols. 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 Terry Nichols. Yes, yeah. and his brother. They were they were the that sovereign thing. They printed their own money. They printed their own driver's yeah. licenses. It's like well, you <laughs> know the uh, well, it was a uh, militia of Montana showed up at the Ruby Ridge actually. And mom, militia of Montana. And, you know, they didn't do anything like those guys never do. They shoot their mouths off, but honestly, they never do anything. And probably wisely so. All right. I'm going to change gears here. I'm going to talk about Wall Street. Doesn't get it. Wall I, I want to hear this some, one myself. Wall Street has some interesting beliefs. In 2013, there's a very well-known individual in the world of finance by the name of Eugene Fama. He was awarded the Nobel Prize in 2013 for his work on the efficient Markets hypothesis. And that hypothesis says you cannot beat the market over the long run. That all prices are known to everyone at the same time and all information is known to everyone at the same time and that all people react at the same time. Basically, he says the value of a stock is dictated by the future cash flows, dividends, from the stock. And that 100% of it is known and determined by the dividends in the future. So I pulled up a chart here of dividends of a stock versus the stock price. The dividends are relatively stable and go almost in a straight line. The stock price looks like a drunken sailor all over the place, you know, after night at all the bars in town. Yep. It wanders all over the place. The, the two are not correlated at all. As you can see, if you look at the graph, they have nothing to do with each other. If dividends stock prices determined everything, or dividends determined 100% of a stock price, let's say, that they were the only variable involved, the first two weeks of February would have never happened because nobody's dividend changed, right? Right. But the stock prices went crazy. They went berserk. To say, to put it mildly, they went berserk. And so, you know, I always have issue with these behavioral things that they try to dictate and say that, that behavior, it's all about dividends and all about this and all about that. There's a lot of things that don't they don't take into account. You know, here they're ignoring human behavior. They firmly believe that if your stock drops 50% in value and they tell you to stay put, if Wall Street tells you to stay put, that you'll stay put. Right, Steve? Have you ever walked a dog, Steve? I have. Have you ever had your dog come near another dog when you were walking? I have. It? Did the dog do what you told you to do? Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> it just, they go crazy, they, they don't do they? What the, they do what dogs do. They become instinctive, That's 100% right. instinctive at that point. Their adrenaline gets going right, and they try to attack the other dog or growl at the other dog, whatever they're going to do. This is what it's like with investors when the market tanks, you know, drops 30 40%. They're not going to listen to what I tell them. They're not going to do exactly what we say to them. They're going to do what they what their instincts tell them to do. Just like the dog when you're walking the dog and it runs into another dog. It's exactly why I don't take my dog out for walks. So, oh, I, so dog. your dog is a shut in? No, he has a big yard. Oh, okay. So he has a big yard to go play in. He goes and plays in his yard all the time. So, 
Okay, I, I'm sorry for saying this, but I, I was kind of thinking as you were talking about the dogs. I cross-examined this uh, canine officer one time, <laughs> and, and and he talks about how his dog did this and his dog did that. And one of them was like uh, sat down and breathed hard; his respirations increased. And I said, "Well, just in the course of being a dog, has he ever sat down?" <laughs> and he goes, "I don't know what you mean. I mean, just in the course of being a dog, has he ever sat down when there were no drugs around?" Right. Well, yeah, that's what I thought too. You know. By that's the right. way, he, he finally admitted his dog was wrong forty percent of the time. 40% of the time. That's a good bit. Yeah, and, but, but you go to jail anyway. That's right. That's how that works. So anyhow, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say here is that markets may be rational, but people are not. Rational investors, to me, Steve, are like unicorns. Don't okay? exist. They don't exist. That's right. They don't exist. Calm markets lead to calm behavior. Volatile markets lead to volatile behavior. And that's the trick right there. That's exactly why we talk about what we talk about. Have a plan. So when it's going nuts, when the market's going nuts, you're not. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing. You have to have a plan. Without the plan, you have nothing else to guide you except your emotions. And that's that can, right. That can only lead to bad things, I realize. So, Highly emotional decisions rarely work out. Rarely. Yes, Steve. Especially when it comes <laughs> to <me>. money. <laughs> ask me. Ask Steve. Okay. Well, if you've got a question you'd like to ask Steve, you can text us at 95920. Or Dan, for that matter, or just a comment on today's show. Meanwhile, if you'd like a free copy of today's book, The Little Book of Stock Market Profits, you can call Dan's office at 918-398-8387. Do be sure to leave your name and address. It's Sunday, and you're going to get a voicemail. The number again, 918-398-8387. You're listening to Money Talk on News 1023 and AM 740, KRMG. Talking Heads. We've got some Talking Heads here in the studio. We're live and local in Tulsa, Oklahoma with Money Talk here on News 1023 and AM 740 KRMG. Coming up here in less than half an hour. Stay tuned for Fox News Sunday. If you've got any questions for the gentleman today, 95920 is where you text them. 95920 to text questions or comments. Meanwhile, Dan is giving away books. That's right. The free book this week, The Little Book of Stock Market Profits. The best strategies of all time made even better. You can get the book and our report on your portfolio, as well as the financial plan for free to map out your financial life going forward. And it gives you a portal that you can log into every day and look at how your progress is and update it. It updates it automatically, the pricing and everything for you, and the value, value of your assets and things like that, and your liabilities for you every day. It's all free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. 918 just leave us your name and your address, please, when you get our voicemail. And we will send that stuff out to you for free. No cost and no obligation. Steve, Allison, or you want to go ahead and talk to your, talk about your grandson? Oh, I was, I was going to say, I wanted to uh, say happy birthday to my uh, grandson, uh, Silas San Miguel. Turns 14 years old today. Very hard to believe. And uh, he's one of the coolest kids I know, not just because he's my grandson, but he's a pretty cool kid. In the band out at Coweta, played football for a long time. So just wanted to wish him a happy birthday. Well, good. Happy birthday. And Allison mentioned something during the break, which, I, which she wanted us to talk about, which I think is a very good idea. These little tariff things that came out last little week. Little tariff things. 25% on steel, 10% on aluminum. We don't know the details yes. yet. They haven't actually been imposed, but that was announced this last week. And Yeah. 
it's not going to be good. Kind of sent stocks into a bit of a tumble there. Stocks didn't like it. The stock market didn't like it. And, you know, it, it couldn't have been too much of a shock because he had said he implied he was going to do something like this earlier. You know, before the election. Yeah, before the election, yes. Now, I still didn't expect him to come out and just say it the way he did. But, you know, who will listen to did the White House can't, can't, staff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he said it that like, way. He said, know. what? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it is a, a bit of protectionist ideology, if you will, which is a throwback to like the 1930s, 30s. you know, which mm-hmm. it reminds me of. And we all know how that what that led to, <laughs> which right. was a war. That didn't work out so good. <laughs> a big fat war. Um, but, but I think that's a legitimate thing to talk about, though. It's like Smoot Holly back in the 30s. You right. know, I, I mean, that created some issues. So what will be different this time than what happened last time? Well, it's a different economy, for one thing. Yes. Absolutely. And Much you know, more interconnected that's right. globally. Right. And Russell and I were talking about this before we came in here. And, and I was thinking, Russell, that he didn't have the authority to do that by himself. But Russell corrected me and said, apparently, he can. Yeah, he, he, can he can impose the tariff without Congress's approval. Based on national so, security concerns is okay. the, the language. Well, the price of beer cans is... That's right. It's national security. It's aluminum. So, um, but one one of my thoughts is, I think this might be a negotiating tactic. I think it just might be a bluff. I don't know for sure, because you know he's negotiated with China and negotiates all the time with these different countries, and we have treaties and tariffs and things. And I think he's saying, you know, if they do it to us, we can turn around and do it back to them. Because as far as I know, he's doing it only to countries that impose tariffs on our goods going over there. That's one of the little details we don't have yet. Is is this across the board or is right. it target specific countries? Is it some countries for steel, some for aluminum, all for both? We don't we don't have those details yet. So the, right. he's announced the intention but not the actual plan. So, so so do you think it will really be 25%? Because I'll just tell you, I don't. Well, I don't. But, you know, the thing is, I think it might be, you know, for certain countries, you know, I think if you go to, say, China, let's just say China has a 15% tariff on U.S. goods. Let's just say for the sake of argument that they have a 15% tariff on all U.S. goods coming into their country. I could see them hitting China with a 15% tariff on steel just to say we're going to have a level playing field. Well, what's good have, for the goose is good we're gonna, for the Yeah, we're going to do exactly what you're doing to us, no more, no less than what you're doing to us. But then again, if Portugal has zero tariff on American goods coming in, let's just say, then I could see him saying we're not going to assess any tariffs on your goods coming into the U.S. because you don't assess one on ours. I could see him doing that because to me that seems fair. Fairer than just saying 15% across the board to everybody, even countries that don't have tariffs on our goods, because they're going to go, why are you doing this to us? You know, you're penalizing us for something we didn't do, we had nothing to do with. Well, and you know, you're, you're kind of an Eastern guy. What do you think the reaction was in Pittsburgh? Well, Pittsburgh probably likes it. The steel companies are all happy. Yes. The guy from U.S. Steel, uh, Burrett, was uh, at the White House when they made this announcement. He was like, this is our time. That, that's the, the direct quote. This is our time. This needs to happen now. Well, and you know, th- this president's relationship with unions has been very unusual compared to most Republicans. Exactly. He has a much better relationship with them than most president, Republican presidents have because of things like this. Because obviously steel is a heavily unionized industry, almost purely unionized industry, let's face it. You know, I grew up in northern Ohio, steel mills, Auto plants and tire plants is yeah. That's about everything that is there, and they're all over the place. You can't swing a dead cow without hitting one up there. And they probably love this kind of stuff. Back in the seventies, they probably love this kind of stuff. But the thing is, you know, what's it going to do to the rest of our economy? How's it going to affect the price of autos coming into the U.S.? The price of all these different things because steel is used in an awful lot of things. As uh, is aluminum, right? As is aluminum. And the, the next question is, you know, I was I have one of the things in here in, in my outline to account for variable change. This is an action. You're going to have a reaction on the other side. 
what's the reaction yeah. going to be? What are they going to tear up? Are they going to tear up oil? Are they going to hit something else that we export well, let, that we rely let, on no, heavily? No, no. Let, let, let them do oil. I mean, I mean, we're the number one producer in the world now. Right. So let, let them do that. You know, but speaking about cars, I just took some numbers that I've just heard out here, whatever. And, and, and if the increase in steel price is what they're saying that it will be, I, I just calculated that on a, on a $30,000 car and your payment would go up like $2 and 50 cents a month if, if you have a 60 month loan. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, boy, 25 cents a lot, but it's like a lot of things we talk about, like, you know, Brexit and, and Greece back in the day or wherever it was that, you know, a lot of stuff happens, but at the end of the day, it doesn't impact us all that much. And, you know, we have so, you, you know, the, the, the part of the country you're talking about turned into the rust belt for a reason. Right. And, and it's never recovered from that. I mean, we're 30, 40 years down the pike, still hasn't recovered from the loss of that industry. Absolutely. And, and I'm not sure that the auto industry in the U.S. will ever recover completely from it, as well as the well, steel industry. Well, this but. is going to help, right? I mean, the audio, auto industry, because they use steel. If the price of steel goes, they use a lot of steel. If the price of steel goes up, which one presumes it presumes would, it would right. right? you know, that's going to make it more expensive for them to yes. build cars. Therefore, they're going to pass the price of that car onto consumers, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's, there's a, no, there's but that's a why domino that, effect. But that's why I, I threw that number. <clears throat> excuse me. That's why I threw that number out. Because, again, based on a $30,000 car, it, you're, the price goes up about $2.50 a month. It doesn't go up 25%. Right. And the, and the thing is. I'm not sure where the auto industry is getting all their steel from presently. I don't know if they're getting it domestically or from overseas or both. But there's a lot of people that are buying steel from overseas. There's no question about that. And there's a lot of people overseas that are buying goods from the United States, like China and other other countries buy a lot of goods from the U.S. And what is, you know, China, they're not fools at negotiating. They've never been, nor are the Japanese. They've never been stupid when it comes to negotiating. They've been very, very good at it over the years. At, at they have a centralized, China has for the most part a centralized economy that is government controlled. It may not be all government run, private, they have private industry, but it is largely government controlled. And so they're going to formulate a policy and a response to this. And we don't know what it's going to be, uh, but it probably isn't going to be beneficial to us. I can tell you, I doubt they're going to lower their tariffs on our goods coming in just because, as a result of this. That would not be logical. I would not assume that that's going to happen. If anything, they're going to raise tariffs or impose tariffs that don't exist presently on goods that are coming in and or do something else like just tell us you can't import your goods. You know, back in the 70s, I don't even remember this here, we had quotas on imports. Do you remember right, that? Right, right. We had limits on imports, on autos specifically. We wouldn't let them import goods. We didn't just tear them. We said, you just can't import them. You can only import so many cars a year. You can only import so many you know, pounds of steel, whatever it is, per year. They could hit us with something like that as well. And so there's other ways besides tariffs to manipulate the numbers or try to affect the outcome. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some kind of reaction from China. I don't know what it will be. And like I said, this could all just be a bluff on the part of Trump to see, to give him a higher, a stronger negotiating point. And that's... I'll tell you what, if I, I was a foreign leader, I would be buying his book, The Art of the Deal, because he tells you how he does stuff. Right. And one of the things I mentioned to uh, Russell before we came in here was one of the things that China can do without changing tariffs or doing anything could dramatically affect the U.S. government and our debt service. If they dump our debt, because they oh, you know what gosh. happens, no, that, that, yeah, you know what happens yeah. to the price of our treasuries if they dump our debt? They'll drop. They'll drop yep. like a rock. And they may do that. That may be their response. Yeah, it's not like they don't have some leverage here. They have a lot of leverage, and especially with our debt, with U.S. debt. So if they start dumping U.S. debt, 
you know what that makes the cost of our debt do? It goes up exponentially. Yep. It goes up as that co- as that price goes down. The cost of our debt goes up, which means it costs our government more to pay for that astronomical debt of about twenty trillion that we're carrying right now. I think roughly ballpark that we're carrying right now on the books. If it goes from two percent to five percent, well, that's a hundred and fifty percent increase in your cost. That's yeah. That's going to have an impact on the U.S. economy. A that's huge impact. Hurt. That's going to hurt. I don't care who you are. That's going to hurt as much as our debt service is, which is an enormous amount. And I think our debt service alone is $350 billion a year, something like that, if I remember correctly. It may even be more than that. Uh, but I can do the math on it. I should get calculated. It has, goes out that many digits to figure it <laughs> out. But it's, an, it's a huge amount. I can tell you it's a big amount. And, you know, if that, part, if that thing doubles, you know, that's a huge cost. Well, ultimately, huge. ultimately, there's no way that you can increase the cost of goods sold and the price does not go up. Right. The price is uh, going to go up. Unless yes. you cut something someplace, and you're not going to cut the things that, that you could cut. You're correct. You're, you're not going to be able to cut wages. You know, they're just uh, real. I don't know how you cut. I don't think you do. So, a so tariff, prices will definitely go up. A tariff is just a tax. I mean, that, it's just exactly another word right. for a tax. Yep. It's a tax on a good, and somebody's going to pay for it. It's probably going to be the consumer at the end of the day. They may not realize it, but they're probably going to be the be the ones paying for it. There's your trickle down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still say it, it, it never trickles up, but it, but it's the same thing I, I've always said. Corporations don't pay taxes; they only collect taxes, right. and they either collect it from the investor, the owners, or they collect it from the consumers. So the the corporations need to pay more they never do all right if you'd like a free copy today's book the little book of stock market profits call dan's office at 918-398-8387 be sure and leave your name and address 918-398-8387 got a really nice text message says love this show i learned a lot and you always make me laugh so there you go we're amusing someone more money talk right after this on news 1023 and am 740 krmg western swing it don't matter who's in Austin, Bob Wills is still the king. All of these are Welcome back to Money Talk here on News 1023 AM 740 KRMG. I'm Russell Mills. Coming up here in oh, about nine and a half minutes, your top stories in the KRMG 24-hour Fox News Center. And your forecast from Fox 23. Stay tuned. Coming up next hour, Fox News Sunday. Remember, if you've got questions for us this morning or comments, you can text us at 95920. Dan is giving away books and a couple of reports that you can get absolutely right. free. The little book of stock market profits, the best strategies of all time, made even better in our free report to compare your portfolio to our model portfolios over the last 10 years. The ups and the downs, the risk, the upside capture ratio, the downside capture ratios, all those Nice things are in there. Data points are in there. And you can also get a free financial plan. Just give us a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail, and we'll send it out to you for free, absolutely free. And if you have a comment about the tariffs, I'd love to hear from you. Russell, is it 95920? I see it on the, on the That is correct, there. sir. 95920. I just realized that's been up there the whole time, hasn't it, probably? Mm, it has. <laughs> so 95920, the number to text. If you have a comment about the show or about the tariffs in particular, I'd love to hear your opinion, regardless of, regardless of uh, which side you're on. I'd love to hear what you think about it. You know, I don't, Russell, I don't know how it's going to play out. I just... It's just there's too many variables. You have well, different leaders in different countries, and then you've got Trump, and you never know what he's going to do, let's face it. Well, and like I said, the White House staff, 
you know, reporters started ringing phones and pinging them in the hallways and going, hey, what's this tariff thing? And they're like, what tariff thing? <laughs> you know, it was Better way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and unfortunately for them, that's kind of been the, the theme. Right. You know, the president does his, does his thing and then everybody else tries to kind of scramble around and figure out how to cover it. That's so. right. Try to do, try to do damage control. And right. <laughs> see what happens next. And, I, you know, I don't know how this is going to play out. It will be interesting. And I don't know if it'll, it will ever come to fruition. This could have been a trial balloon that he floated just to see what the response was. That's what I think. Well, a little bit. I, I think it a little bit. Not I think, totally. I think that uh, Mr. Burt and his friends at U.S. Steel don't think so. So, well, but we, but again, we don't know for sure what the details are. Right. It's been announced, promised, if you will, but the actual details of what this means have not been released. Right. Allison was saying she thought it was going to be an across-the-board tariff, which which may be what they intend. I don't know, but we'll see how it plays out. I think it would be, it would make more sense to use a targeted one at different levels depending on the country and how they play. With us, you know, how they treat our imports to their right. country. Because I can't see just blanket 25% <clears throat> to every country in the world, regardless of what they do. Because I just think they could have adverse consequences. But, but, you know, I think a question to ask is, at the end of the day, philosophically, how, as a country, how do we want, how is it okay that we spend so much money, so much money flows out of this country and so little flows back in return? And I think right. if, if somebody makes the argument, you know, we're just trying or he's just trying to level the playing field. We, we shouldn't be paying you, you know, twenty billion a year, and and you only buy, you know, fifteen cents worth of our stuff. Right. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm going to watch U.S. Treasury prices this week to see how that response is. See what happens over there on that side of the coin, because this could affect the financial markets in a very interesting way if the if the Chinese dump the treasuries. Now they haven't indicated they're going to do so yet, and I don't know that they're going to do so. But that that's one they could one way they could respond and certainly get the U.S.'s attention very quickly. Because they own a very large percentage of U.S. Treasuries, I can tell you. That's right. A huge amount of U.S. debt. And they bought it for years and years they've bought that but, stuff. But when, when, when did it really get into high gear buying? Well, when we started issuing more debt under the Obama administration. Because, uh, because we, we were putting out more debt. But, I mean, but like 08-ish, 09-ish kind of stuff? And later on, yes. And, and they bought debt for many years. Uh, there's a couple reasons why they buy our debt. One is they can get it. They're holding U.S. dollars. If you're buying U.S. debt, you're holding U.S. dollars. If the U.S. Because dollar, that's how it gets paid. Right. If the U.S. dollar is doing better than your currency, the yuan, which is the Chinese currency, or the peso, it doesn't matter what your currency is. If the U.S. dollar is going up in relation to your currency, you're making money just automatically by just by owning it. that asset. Yes, even if, it, even if it pays no interest, you're making money by owning that asset by the currency differential. Uh, differential. The other way they make they like it is because it's virtually no risk on the debt. They see it as, as low or no risk on the U.S. Treasuries. They don't pay a lot, but they like owning them because they're low risk and they're making money on the currency exchange going right. back and forth. Which so if you're owning 10-year Treasuries, you're getting the value of the U.S. dollar 10 years from now, whereas your currency has gone down for 10 years you know, relative to the U.S. dollar. So is that the manipulation of money that Trump also talked about before the campaign? Well, no, he was, he was referring to them manipulating their currency. And countries... All manipulate their currency. Every country does this. What the Chinese are doing is not manipulating their currency. They are controlling their currency. That's what they're doing. We do the same thing. We do the exact same thing they do. If you want your currency to go up, Steve, let's say you're controlling the dollar and I'm yep. controlling the yuan, okay? And my I'm paying 4% and you're paying 4%. Okay. Okay? So we're on a level playing field. Let's say we have the same risk. So you own your right. debt versus my right. debt. Same risk. We're, we, we're basically ubiquitous at that point, right? If you want people to, your currency to go up, what do you do? You raise your interest rates. If his rate goes to five, 
you're going to buy more dollars. Where do you think the money's going to go? It's going to go to his current, to his debt, right? It's because money's, you make more money. Right, because you're getting paid more to right. your debt. So if my rate stays at four and you're at five, my currency goes down and your currency goes up. Exactly. Now, Trump has said the Chinese are manipulating their currency. They're not. We do the exact same thing. We do it. We just don't call it manipulating our currency. We do the exact same thing we, every what single we call day. It sound physical policy, you know. Well, it's just the way we control our debt, and we control our debt service as well as the current the exchange rate because the exchange rate has a huge impact on trade. If you don't believe me, just look at John Deere or GE. You know these different current companies that export. They want a weak currency. They want a weak dollar. If you're John Deere, you want a weak dollar because a weaker dollar makes your goods more affordable in China for the Chinese. Buying your for goods. your customers. For your customers. If your overseas. customers are in China, wherever they might be, right. overseas, it's cheaper. It's cheaper in their currency to buy your good if your currency is weak. If the dollar is strong, it's more expensive for them. It's very hard for them to buy your good. And if you're competing with Kubota or somebody else that makes a product overseas, you've got another problem. Besides being a higher cost to begin with, then you've got the currency that you're fighting. So you're, you're fighting an uphill battle. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so this is why... You know, the exporters watch the currency rates very carefully. Of course, they also hedge their currency risk. Yep. They can hedge their risk by buying futures on the currencies and through different mechanisms that are available in the financial markets. And that's typically what they will do, just like an airline will hedge its, its fuel costs. You know, they'll buy futures That's exactly on fuel. what I was thinking about, the and, and so they do fuel. the same thing. You know, GE has to hedge probably every currency in the world because they're virtually in every country in the world. And they're, they're selling, you know, jet engines and things that are very, very expensive, obviously, and airplanes, stuff like that, that are very expensive, uh, financing those things. So these companies watch this, and this is going to be the thing, is to see what happens with our currency if China starts dumping our debt. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because it will push our currency up, actually. It will push the dollar up, and that's going to hurt exporters. I hear some music sneaking in. I guess we're just about out of time here. Well, let's just remind everybody one more time, if you'd like a free copy of today's book, The Little Book of Stock Market Profits, Dan's happy to send you a copy absolutely free, along with a couple of reports that you can generate to see how your financial health is doing. Call Dan's office to get all that. 918-398-8387 is the number. Once again, leave your name and address so they know where to send the book. You're going to get their voicemail, 918-398-8387. You've been listening to Money Talk. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11, live and local. Up next, your top stories in the KRMG 24-hour Fox News Center and the forecast from Fox 23 and KRMG. I'm Russell Mills. Have a great Sunday, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.